إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So now then we come to the statement of the author, Rahimahullahu Ta'ala, فَمِمَّا جَاءَ مِنْ آيَاتِ الصِّفَاتِ قَوْلُ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَيَبْقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ وَقَوْلُهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى بَلْ يَدَاهُ مَبْسُوطَتَانِ وقوله تعالى إخبارا عن عيسى عليه السلام أنه قال تعلم ما في نفسي ولا أعلم ما في نفسك وقوله وجاء ربك وقوله تعالى هل ينظرون إلا أن يأتيهم الله وقوله تعالى رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنه وقوله تعالى يحبهم ويحبونه وقوله تعالى في الكفار وغضب الله عليهم وقوله تعالى اتبعوا ما أسخط الله وقوله تعالى كره الله بعاثهم In this section now the author has mentioned several ayat of the Quran that mention some of the names and attributes of Allah We've already mentioned before that Allah has names, different names. We don't know how many names Allah has. Like we said before, it's a mistake. People think Allah only has 99 names. There are more than that in the hadith it mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ said, that I call upon you by all of your names and by those names, the names that you have kept in the knowledge of the unseen. There are names that Allah has kept in the knowledge of the unseen, we do not know. So we cannot say the names of Allah are only 99. Allah has many names, like in Al-Fatiha, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. These are two of the names of Allah. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. And like that, there are many other names Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned about Himself in the Quran and in the Sunnah. Here, the author mentions several ayat. Al-Shaykh Zayd, rahimahullah, mentions... في هذه الآيات الكريمات بيان لعدد من صفات الله الذاتية والفعلية وهي كأمثلة أوردها المؤلف رحمه الله الصفات الذاتية هي التي تكون ملازمة لله لا تنفك ولا تنفصل في أي وقت من الأوقات وأما الصفات الفعلية فهي التي يتصف بها إذا شاء كيف شاء ولا تكون ملازمة للذات دائما Here then the Sheikh says that these are several examples from the Qur'an. 
where Allah has told us about Himself. Allah has told us about His attributes. One of the examples is, وَيَبَقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ That the face of your Lord remains. Affirming the face of Allah. Remember what we said before, and this is the big problem that people do not understand. When we affirm the attributes of Allah, we do not make any comparison between Allah and creation. That is haram, impermissible. You cannot try to imagine what Allah looks like. You cannot try to compare Allah to anything in creation that you know. You cannot try to give any descriptions to Allah yourself, any details to Allah yourself. You cannot imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we talk about these ayat in the Qur'an, where Allah tells us about Himself, we believe in them because it is Qur'an. And we don't try to twist their meanings to fit our minds. This is the issue. People when they see these verses in the Qur'an, they want to twist the meanings so that the verses will fit with their intelligence. The Qur'an and the Sunnah isn't about fitting with our intelligence. Our belief must fit onto what is in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Not that we try and make the Qur'an and Sunnah fit into our beliefs and our intelligence. So people when they see these verses, they try to twist them so that they can understand them in a way that makes sense to them. So when Allah says about His face, وَيَبْقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ The face of your Lord remains. Allah mentions here that He has a face. We cannot imagine at all what the face of Allah is, how it looks, not at all, not at all, never. We cannot compare that to anything in creation, never. But we affirm, we believe in this ayah, it is the Qur'an, that Allah says, His face remains, meaning that Allah affirms a face, sifatul wajh, the attribute of a face, Many people, they come to this type of ayah and they say, no, what are you talking about? How can that be? How can that be? You cannot say that this ayah means something else. It means this or it means that. The only problem with it is, who told you this ayah means this or it means that? Did you hear that in a hadith from the Prophet wasallam? Did you hear that in a hadith from Abu Bakr or Umar or Uthman or Ali radiyallahu anhum or other companions? Did you hear that from any of the salaf, from any of the sahaba? If you didn't, you never got that from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then who are you to give us your own tafsir of the Qur'an and make up your own understandings of the ayat? Your own imagination and understanding of these ayat is not the proof. Rather what is in the Qur'an as it is, that is the proof. If somebody comes along now and says, no, this ayah means this or it means that. Say to them very simply, who told you this ayah means this or it means that? If you're going to tell me this ayah has a certain interpretation, 
Where have you got that interpretation from? Is it from a hadith? Is it from the statements of the salaf? Where? Same when Allah said, بَلْ يَدَاهُ The hands of Allah are widespread. The hands of Allah, it affirms the hands of Allah. Again, people are going to say, no, no, you can't say Allah has hands. It means this, it means power. It just means Allah has power. Who told you this ayah means power? Did the Prophet wasallam say it in a hadith? No. Did the companions anywhere say it in a hadith? No. So who told you this ayah means power? Your mind has told you that. Because your mind doesn't understand the principles of aqidah. We simply say that Allah mentions the face, mentions the hands. We affirm these attributes to Allah. We do not try to imagine them. We do not try to describe them. We do not give any comparison or resemblance to creation for them. No. There is nothing like unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But, Allah is the all-hearing and the all-seeing. In the Quran, does it not say Allah is the all-hearing and the all-seeing? He is the all-hearing and the all-seeing. Does that mean somebody's gonna say that Allah sees how we see? Or Allah hears how we hear? Are you allowed to say that? Never. We cannot compare Allah to us. Allah is the creator. We are the creation. There is no comparison between the creator and the creation. So when Allah says in the Quran, He hears everything and sees everything, we believe definitely Allah hears everything, sees everything. But we don't say Allah sees like we see with eyes like this, and hears like we hear with ears like this. No. We do not say those types of things. We do not make comparison to Allah and creation. We simply say Allah mentions, He hears, He sees. We believe Allah hears and sees. Allah mentions the face, Allah mentions the hands. We believe Allah has a face and Allah has the hands, but we do not try to imagine what that is. We do not try to give descriptions to what that is. So some people will say, it's not like that. Some people will say, no, these ayat, they mean other things. They mean power and they mean other things. The problem is, nobody told you they mean those things. The Prophet ﷺ didn't tell you they mean those things. They say, yadahu, bal yadahu mabsutatan. Bal yadahu mabsutatan. They say, yadahu, it doesn't mean his hands, it means his power, his strong, his strength. His ability, the qudra. They say how? They say this means the power of Allah, the hands of Allah. Not really hands, power, qudra, ability. You say to them, how do you know that? Did the Prophet ﷺ give you this tafsir? Did the sahaba, the salaf give you this tafsir? They did not. They will not find a single hadith which says the yadan, the hands of Allah means the qudratan or anything else. And how does that even make sense? To say, bal yadahu mabsutatan, they say yadahu, 
meaning قدرته, قدرتان. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only has two abilities. Yadahu, dual, two. They say this means qudra. Does Allah only have two abilities? Only two power. A'udhu billah, you can't make statements like that. You see how their explanations don't work. So we say, Allah mentions these things in the Qur'an, we believe in them as Allah mentioned them. Numirruha kama jaat. As-sifat. Allah said, He is as-sami' al-basir. He hears everything, sees everything. We accept Allah hears and sees. Do not try to compare or imagine how we hear and see. But we accept Allah hears and sees. Allah mentions the face, Allah mentions His hands. We believe Allah has the face, Allah has the hands. But not comparing to us our creation, not at all. Cannot imagine how that is at all. But we believe, we believe Allah has these attributes because Allah told us in the Qur'an, He has these attributes. In other ayat it mentions, تَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِي وَلَا أَعْلَمُ مَا فِي نَفْسِكِ إِثْبَاتُ النَّفْسِ لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى You know what is in of myself and I do not know what is in of you. When Isa alayhi salam mentions Jesus, he says, Oh Allah, you know what's inside of me, what my thoughts are, everything. You know about me, everything. But I do not know what is in of you. So this again highlights some of the attributes of Allah, the attribute of self. Also, other ayat here, examples given, Allahu anhum Allah is pleased with them. Did Allah not say in the Qur'an that He is pleased with the companions? We believe therefore Allah is pleased. And Allah has the attribute of pleasure to the companions and to the believers. We believe in that. Because Allah told us in the Qur'an, Allah says also, يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ Allah loves them and they love Him. The righteous ones, the believers. So Allah loves. Does that mean love like we love? No, never. There is no comparison between Allah and the creation. This is the key. Allah told us in the Qur'an, do not try to make any comparison between Allah and the creation. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ Allah said in the Qur'an, there is nothing like Allah. No matter what you imagine, it is not like Allah. You cannot imagine Allah. The Prophet ﷺ told us, لَن تَرَوْ رَبَّكُمْ حَتَّى تَمُوتُوا You're not going to see Allah until you die, after the resurrection, after the day of judgment. Even the Prophet ﷺ did not see Allah on the night of Al-Isra' Al-Mi'raj. When he was taken up to the heavens, he did not see Allah that night. Direct see Allah. There was a covering, a veil. He said, "Hijabuhu nur, anna arah." The covering, the veil of Allah is from light. How could I see Him? So the Prophet ﷺ did not see Him on the night of Al-Isra' Al-Mi'raj. Musa ﷺ, when he asked Allah, "Let me see you," was he able to see Allah in this world? No, not at all. In the Quran, he says, "Lan tarani." You cannot see me. In this world, you cannot see me. But in the hereafter, after the resurrection, the believers will see Allah. So we cannot imagine Allah. But whatever Allah tells us in the Qur'an, about His attributes, about His names, then we believe. Allah tells us in Al-Fatiha, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. He is the most merciful, the most beneficent. 
So we believe Allah is Ar-Rahman, Allah is Ar-Rahim. Why? Because Allah told us in the Quran, in Al-Fatiha, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. So we believe He is Ar-Rahman, He is Ar-Rahim. And we don't try and make up meanings, that means this or that means that. We believe in it as it is. Then from the Sunnah, there are some examples too. وَمِنَ السُّنَّةِ قَوْلُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ يَنْزِلُ رَبُّنَا تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى كُلَّ لَيْلَةٍ إِلَى سَمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا In this hadith, which is narrated by many, many, many companions, not just one or two, many, many companions narrated this hadith. What did they say in it? That our Lord descends to the lowest heaven, because you know the heavens are different levels. One level above the next level, above the next level, and there's a gap of hundreds of years between each level to the next level mentioned in the sunnah. Allah descends to the lowest heaven to the earth. When? In the last third of the night. In the last third of the night, in the last part of the night before Fajr, last third of the night, Allah descends to the lowest heaven to this earth. And then it mentions in the hadith, يَنزِلُ رَبُّنَا كُلَّ لَيْلَةٍ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا حِينَ يَبْقَى تُلُتُ اللَّيْلِ الْأَخِيرِ الْآخِرِ Allah descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night, when the last third of the night is remaining. يَقُولْ مَنْ يَدْعُونِي فَأَسْتَجِيبَ لَهُ and Allah says, who is making dua to me and I will answer his dua? Man yas'aluni fa'a'tiyah. Who is asking me and I will give it to him? Man yastaghfiruni fa'aghfirala. Who is asking for my forgiveness and I will forgive him? This is a narration in Al-Bukhari and in Muslim. So it is a proof that Allah comes down to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night. So we believe in that. We believe Allah descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night and says, who is making dua to me? Who is asking for forgiveness? Who is asking for anything else? And I will answer all of those duas. People of innovation, they say what? They say, no, what are you talking about? Allah comes down to the last heaven, to the lowest heaven closest to the earth. Allah comes down to the lowest heaven closest to the earth. They say, no, that can't be right. Because their minds can't understand. Their minds can't understand, so they have to make up something instead. They say, no, no, that can't make sense. Instead, it is the angel of Allah who comes down. That's what the hadith means. يَنزِلُ رَبُّنَا يَعْنِي يَنزِلُ مَلَكُ رَبِّنَا أو مَلَكُ رَبِّنَا That the angel it descends. The angel of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends. But how can that be? This explanation that they've given to try to make their mind understand because their mind can't understand. How can Allah descend to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night? They say, no, that's the angels of Allah that descend. The angels of Allah descend in the last third of the night. How can that not be right? In the hadith, there is a proof it can't be the angels. That, but there's something else too. In the hadith it says that Allah descends in the last third of the night and then says, who is asking me for dua, I will answer them. 
Who is asking me for forgiveness? I will give it to them. Can the angels do that? Are we allowed to make dua to the angels? Ask the angels for forgiveness? Of course not. So this hadith can't be talking about the angels. Only Allah you can make dua to and ask Him for forgiveness. Not to the angels. So you see these types of explanations people try to give, they never work. Instead they should believe in the sunnah as the sunnah is. The sunnah tells us Allah descends in the lowest, uh, to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night as is uh, befitting of the majesty of Allah and the affair is left as it is and we do not attempt to give our own explanations to it. Then also, it is mentioned in another narration, more examples given. The example that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala laughs, يَضْحَكُ إِلَىٰ رَجُلَيْنِ قَتَلَ أَحَدُهُمَ الْآخَرِ Two men. One of the men killed another man. But both of them end up in paradise. يَضْحَكُ اللَّهُ إِلَىٰ رَجُلَيْنِ قَتَلَ أَحَدُهُمَ الْآخَرِ ثُمَّ يَدْخُلَانِ الْجَنَّةِ That Allah laughs at two men. One of them kills the other one, but they both end up in paradise. How? يُقَاتِلُ هَذَا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَيُقْتَلُ one of the two men was a Muslim and he was fighting jihad and he was killed by the other man who was a kafir. But then, ثُمَّ يَتُوبُ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْقَاتِلْ فَيُسْلِمْ That kafir later on ends up becoming a Muslim. فَيُقَاتِلُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَيُسْتَشْهَدْ And he then later on fights in the path of Allah and becomes killed as a martyr too. So in the end, he ends up in paradise too. Because his earlier sin of being with the kuffar and killing that Muslim is wiped out. He accepted Islam, then fights for the path of Allah and dies as a martyr, then he ends up in paradise too. So this narration highlights uh, the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala laughs at these two men. That they killed, one of them killed the other one, yet both of them end up in paradise. So we affirm the attribute of the laughter. The attribute of the laughter. And again, no comparison to creation whatsoever. No resemblance. No trying to imagine that at all. Then, قول المؤلف فَهَذَا وَمَا أَشْبَهَهُ مِمَّا صَحَّ صَنَدُهُ وَعِجِّلَتْ رُوَاتُهُ نُؤْمِنُ بِهِ These types of narrations. These types of ahadith. Which are mentioned and they are authentic, then we believe in them. We don't reject them, we don't just turn our backs on them, which is what many people are led to do. Because when people see these types of hadith, they say, how, what are you talking about? How can that be? Because they've never studied aqidah, they've never learnt the proper Muslim aqidah. From a young age, Growing up, they've never learnt the proper aqidah. They've never seen these types of hadith in their lives. When Allah talks about these issues. They've never heard of them. Never learnt them. So when they hear them, they think, No, what are you talking about? How can that be? But if you learn this properly, learn all of the aqidah, see all of these hadith in Bukhari, in Muslim, 
then you see the names and the attributes Allah tells us about Himself. Neither are we allowed to try to give it some type of interpretation which opposes the apparent meaning of it. And we do not compare it to the characteristics of the creation. Or by the traits of those that are created. وَنَعْلَمُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى لَا شَبِيهَ لَهُ وَلَا نَظِيرٌ لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ وَهُوَ السَّمِعِ الْبَصِيرٌ And we know that there is no comparison to Allah whatsoever. There is no comparison to Allah whatsoever. And that's why the author says, وَكُلُّ مَا تُخَيَّلُ فِي الذِّهْنِ Everything you imagine in your mind about Allah, Everything you imagine in your mind, or khatara bil bal, or any type of thought which comes to you, anything you imagine, any type of thought it comes to you, fa inna allaha bi khilafi. Whatever imagination you have, whatever thought comes to you about Allah, Allah is different from it. You will never be able to have a thought or imagination about Allah. You cannot. Whatever you think, whatever imagination, whatever comes to you, and you shouldn't. But whatever thought comes to you, then it is not the reality. Nobody has seen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you cannot know at all. So whatever imagination or thought comes to you, it is impossible for you to know uh, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the details and the howness of the attributes of Allah. Because Allah tells us in the Quran, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ there is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever you imagine, then it is not like Allah. Whatever you think, it is not like Allah. And in fact, we have not been commanded to try and think about imagining Allah. That is not in the sunnah. You're not supposed to do that. It is not in the sunnah, sit down and try and think about Allah and what He looks like. That's never in the sunnah, no command for you to do that. So that isn't something you do. وَإِنَّمَا أُمِرُوا بِالْإِيمَانِ الْحَقِّ بِذَاتِ اللَّهِ وَأَسْمَئِهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ What we've been commanded to do is not try to imagine Allah, but we've been commanded to believe in the names and attributes. Allah says in the hadith, it mentions in the hadith, He descends in the lowest part of the heaven in the last third of the night. So we believe that. Allah says He hears and He sees, we believe in that. Allah mentions He has a face and hands, we believe in that. How? We don't ask. We don't imagine. We don't try and think and ponder and work out. That is beyond our knowledge. Allah said in the Quran, وَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا You've not been given from knowledge except a small amount only. You've only been given a small amount of knowledge. We've not been given the knowledge of the details of descriptions of Allah. We've been given the names and attributes and we affirm that and believe in that and don't go beyond that trying to imagine anything. And that's why Allah said in the Quran, وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِهِ عِلْمًا Mankind, the people, the creation cannot encompass Allah with their knowledge. Cannot encompass Allah with their knowledge. We cannot try and imagine what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Looks like whatsoever, and that is the manhaj of the salaf.
Then it goes on to say, وَمِنْ ذَلِكَ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى الرَّحْمَانَ عَلَى الْعَرْشِ اسْتَوَى That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is established above His throne. In the Quran, الرحمن على العرش, the arsh of Allah, على العرش استوى, the throne of Allah, the arsh. It says in the Quran that Allah is above the arsh, above the throne, the throne of Allah. This explains to you now when people, Muslims believe that Allah is where? When you ask Muslims, where is Allah? Their answer is, Allah is everywhere. Did Allah tell us in the Quran, He is everywhere Himself? Allah told us in the Quran, He is As-Sami' Al-Basir. He hears everything, sees everything. His knowledge knows about everything. But did Allah tell us in the Quran, He is everywhere? Instead, Allah told us in the Quran, Ar-Rahman is where? Al-Arsh Istawa. Allah is above the throne. People are going to say, no, Allah is everywhere. Okay, if you're going to say Allah is everywhere, then you need to explain to us what the Qur'an is telling us. The Qur'an is here for the guidance of people. It's not just about what your fathers and your grandfathers and all of your family have told you for hundreds of years. It's about evidence. The Qur'an, the ayah says Allah is above the throne. If you're going to say Allah is everywhere now, then tell us what does this ayah mean then? Why did Allah say He's above the throne? If you say Allah is everywhere, there are other problems too. If you say Allah is everywhere, then just like Al-Imam Abu Hanifa said, Al-Imam Abu Hanifa said, basically, it is not suitable to make somebody who is above you in level, of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator, we are the creation. We are not at the level of Allah, billah. To make yourself at the same level as the creator, is that respect or disrespect to Allah? Imagine now when you go to the president and the king. Where do they sit? In the, when they have their, their meetings and everything, the president and the king, he will sit on his chair. Then all of the ministers will sit around on the lower, on the table. The king, the president sits high. It wouldn't be suitable if they said to the king, the president, you come and sit on the desk with us, just here sit down in this chair. They give him a high chair, big chair, comfortable chair, desk, everything. He sits at the top. Then all of the other ministers sit down under him here. That's how they do it, the humans. Why? To give him the respect and the honor and the status. If you said to him, no, it's okay, you come and sit on the plastic chair like the rest of us. Or you come as well, sit on the plastic chair or on the floor. All of us come sit on the floor as well. You, the king, sit on the floor as well. They will say, "That's what are you talking about? Are you humiliating him? You're humiliating him. Give him respect, give him a big chair, big leather, everything. So now, we all know, if you say to the king or the president or somebody with respect, even your own father, if you say to him, come and sit on the floor with me, and there's a chair there, what would you normally do? You say to your father, take the chair, you sit on the floor by yourself. Respect, to make him higher. So now with Allah, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is it respect <coughs> to say that we are on this earth here and Allah is at the same level as us everywhere on this earth here? How can Allah be at the same level as us? We are here down on this earth. 
You're going to say Allah is the same as us, same level as us. Same level as us here on the earth everywhere. Because there's three, three, three options. Three options. Either somebody is above you, respect, honor, he's above you. Or somebody is the same as you, or somebody is below you, disrespect. Even if somebody is the same as you, you've not shown him respect or honor, he's at the same level as you. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, below, a'udhu billah, can't be. Same level as us, here on the earth, with us everywhere, same as us. Is Allah the creator, same as us the creation? Of course not. Allah is above all of us. Above all of this creation He made. How are you going to say Allah is mixed with the creation? Allah made the creation, then He mixed in the creation? Allah is everywhere here in the creation? Allah didn't tell us that in the Qur'an. Allah said He hears everything, sees everything. Yes, of course. Hears everything, sees everything, knows everything. But He didn't tell us that He is here with us, mixed in the creation. That can't be right. Allah is above because He says in the Qur'an, Ar-Rahman ala al-Arsh istawa. Allah is above the throne. So that's why we don't believe Allah is everywhere. We believe Allah is above because that is what the Qur'an says. Then it goes on to say, أَأَمِنْتُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ Do you believe in the one who is above the heavens? Above the skies? فِي السَّمَاءِ Fi in Arabic is a preposition. Harf jar. There is a rule that the huruful jar can take the meanings of each other. So in this ayah where it says, أَأَمِنْتُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ It actually means, أَأَمِنْتُمْ مَنْ عَلَى السَّمَاءِ Above. Because the huruful jar can change meanings. They can swap for each other. There are times they can swap for each other. So this doesn't mean fis sama in the sky, in the heavens, above the heavens. وَقَوْلُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ عِلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ رَبُّنَا الَّذِي فِي السَّمَاءِ تَقَدَّسَ اسْمُكَ Our Lord is the one who is above the heavens, most uh, uh, mighty, majestic, sacred is His name. وَقَالَ لِلْجَارِيَا أَيْنَ اللَّهِ And when the Prophet said to the slave girl, where is Allah? قَالَتْ She said, فِي السَّمَاءِ Above the heavens, above the skies, above the heavens, above the creation, up, above. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, أَعْتِقْهَا Freeha, Freeha, فَإِنَّهَا مُؤْمِنَا Because indeed she is a believer. Freeha, for indeed she is a believer. And that is narrated in uh, by Al-Imam Malik and uh, Al-Imam Muslim and other than them from the great scholars. <coughs> the Prophet ﷺ also said to Hussein, "Kam ilahan ta'bud? How many gods do you worship?" قال سبعة ستة في الأرض وواحدا في السماء. He said seven, six on this earth. One in the heavens, above the heavens. قَالْ مَنْ لِرَغْبَتِكَ وَرَهْبَتِكَ Who do you make your dua to when it comes to your, your, what you desire, what you fear, when you want to make your dua, your supplication, who do you make your dua to, which one? قَالْ الَّذِي فِي السَّمَاءِ Certainly the one above the heavens. قَالْ فَتْرُكِ السِّتَّةِ so he said to him, in that case, abandon all of these other six. What are these other six so-called gods of yours? 
When it comes to dua, when you really need something, you know. You make dua to Allah. These other six, what are they then? Useless. Get rid of them. And worship the one that is above the heavens. And the Prophet said to him, I will teach you two du'as. And he taught him, and that person became a Muslim. He became a Muslim. The Prophet taught him two du'as. Those du'as were, Oh Allah, inspire to me guidance and protect me from the evil of my soul. So this indicates to us that Allah is the most high. He is above in a manner that is suitable and befitting to the might and the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without rejecting that, without making any distortion of that, without uh, making any comparison or description or resemblance of that. As for the people of innovation, what did they say about this? Again, they said that Allah is not above. They said Allah is everywhere. So then they had to give some distorted interpretation of this ayah to prove that Allah is everywhere. Because the ayah says Allah is above the throne, up, above. The throne is the highest thing in creation. All of the things that Allah has created, the heavens, the earth, space, all of these things, on top of everything, the top creation is the throne of Allah. Then above that is Allah. So Allah is above all of the creation. The throne of Allah is like the ceiling of all of this creation. And we gave the example before. The throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the footstool of Allah. What is the size comparison between the throne of Allah and the footstool of that throne? Like a penny or a ring in a desert. Imagine a huge desert. One ring thrown in that desert. Where will you find it? You know how they have that phrase? They have that phrase, a needle in a haystack. So like that. That's the size of the throne of Allah compared to the footstool. But then this footstool, compare that to all of this creation, then it's like the footstool is the massive desert, and this creation is just that pin. So then imagine this creation to the throne of Allah. Just a speck, a dot, if that. And that throne of Allah is the ceiling of all of the creation. And Allah is above that, above all of the creation, separate from this creation. He hears us, sees us, knows everything. But we don't say He Himself is mixed in with creation. Allah is above creation, separate from creation. That is honor, might and majesty to Allah. It is disrespect for you to say Allah is mixed in with us here, with everyone. With all of the things that humans do, all of the sins we do, all of the, the dirty things, the toilets and all these things, you're going to say Allah is mixed in with us on this earth? That is no respect, no honor. Allah is above, separate from this creation. So then the shaykh says, وَعَلَىٰ رَأْسِ ذَلِكَ تَصْحِيحُ الْاعْتِقَادِ وَمَعْرِفَةُ اللَّهِ بِأَسْمَائِهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ وَمَا لَهُ مِنَ الْحُقُوقِ وَالْوَاجِبَاتِ وَالْعَرْشُ هُوَ أَعْلَى الْمَخْلُقَاتُ أَكْبَرُهَا so we need to have the right understanding of these affairs 
and the throne of Allah, it is the biggest of all of the created things. From everything in the creation of Allah, the throne of Allah is the greatest creation. And then the ayah that says, أَأَمِنْتُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ Do you believe in the one who is above the heavens? Again, it indicates the attribute of loftiness for Allah, that Allah is above. أَأَمِنْتُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ Do you believe in the one who is above the heavens? So all of these indicate that Allah is above. Then there is that narration we mentioned about Hussein al-Khaza'i. Hussein al-Khaza'i. When he was a disbeliever, the Prophet said to him, Who do you worship? He said, I worship one Allah in the heavens, above the heavens, and six on this earth. The Prophet said to him, Which one do you make dua to when you need to? When it's serious. He said, The one above the heavens, Allah. So then the Prophet said to him, What about these six then? Useless. Forget them then. Why are you worshipping them? When it comes to push comes to shove, you know. You have to make a dua to the one above, Allah. So these you know are not powerful, you know they don't have anything, so abandon them. And the Prophet gave him the du'as, taught him the du'as, and he indeed, Hussein al-Khuzai, abandoned them and became Muslim. So this again indicated that even they knew that Allah is above, and even Pharaoh, even Pharaoh knew that Allah is above. Pharaoh at the time of Musa salam, the one who opposed Musa salam fought against Musa salam, <clears throat> tried to kill Musa salam. that Pharaoh, even he knew Allah is above. Even he didn't say Allah is everywhere. Even he knew that Allah is above. What is the proof? It's in the Qur'an. The proof is in the Qur'an that even Pharaoh knew Allah is above. Pharaoh the one who was trying to kill Musa salam, the kafir Pharaoh, the one who Allah told us in the Qur'an is being punished in his grave right now and is going to be punished in the hellfire on the day of judgment. Even he knew Allah is above. What is the proof in the Qur'an? Past is a companion Qarun to build a tall tower so he may see the Lord of Musa salam. There is ayat in the Qur'an where he tells... His compatriots build tall towers <coughs> so I can check what is Musa salam talking about. Where is the Lord of Musa salam? Build the tall towers up into the skies so I can see. Where is this story of Musa salam, his Lord, etc.? Why did he say to them, build tall towers so I can go check? Because he knew Allah is above. He didn't say to his people, go and check everywhere where is this Lord of Musa. He said, build the tall towers to go up and check because he knew Allah is above. Allah is above. Even he knew that. Even he knew Allah is above. That's why he said to them, build the tall towers and let's go see. Didn't say let's go see here or there. Build the tall towers and let's go see. To try and prove Musa and to refute and his, his arrogance upon his arrogance. But the purpose is, as Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen mentioned, look at even him. Even he knew, you need to go up. Allah is above. Build the towers, he said. So it is a mistake that the people believe Allah is everywhere. Allah is above all of the creation, separate from the creation. And he still, of course, he is everything, sees everything, knows everything. But we don't say he is here everywhere. 
Allah is above, separate from this creation. We are the creation that are here. Allah is above all of us as the creation. So that is the section then we'll conclude on today. Next week, we'll carry on with the next section of the book, which carries on a little bit more about explaining the throne of Allah and other details. So we'll carry on from that next week, insha'Allah. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين